Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest edition of EdTech Today. My name is Kevin Hogan. I'm glad you found us. With me today, Grant Woods from Aver. Grant, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Kevin. It's good to see you. It is good to see you, although I prefer to see you in person, uh, most likely at a trade show like ISTE or TCEA, and we can, uh, you know, kibitz on the, on the show floor and then maybe afterwards have an adult beverage in a, in a hotel lobby somewhere or a great restaurant, but uh, hopefully we'll be back to those days at some point. Well, you're already out on the road now, so that's, that's true. That's great for you. You're ahead of the rest of us. I'm jealous. Yes, yes. yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, everyone talking about whether or not, you know, trade shows will be back. I, I now, because of this experience, know very well we will all be back uh, in person at a certain extent. But I uh, wanted to have you on today uh, you know, for many reasons, one of which I know Aver has had a long history uh, when it comes to serving schools and school districts and integrating uh, technology into those schools. Um, and I just figured that you would have a great perspective on the, the current state of play in education uh, and where we are uh, in this current uh, phase of the madness. Maybe you can kind of dive in and tell us a little bit about Aver's experience so far in, in working with schools uh, in this giant beta test to, uh, to remote learning and, the, and the, the redesign of the classroom experience. That's, that, that's actually a really good way to put it, a beta test. And it's, you know, this whole thing for this past year, year and a half has been absolutely extraordinary for everyone. And sadly, not necessarily in a good way, but I think that for companies like us and working very closely with our education partners is that we've all learned a lot from this experience. And one of the things that we have found moving forward is, is for those out there who, who do know who Aver is, you know, we have a certain list of product lines that are specific for K-12 for the classroom, um, typically used in the classroom, but we're finding that teachers and educators and administrators have started to get very creative with the technology that they've had and the technology that they need in order to deal with this pandemic situation. And going from the beginning when everything was first shut down back in March of 2020, all of a sudden, Everything went from full in class to, you know, kids happy, joy, joy, jumping around like crazy people to now everyone's at home. Teachers are at home. Kids are at home. And so how do you do? How do you adjust that? How do you move from a historically in-person in -person, uh, way to educate to then go full remote in, in literally a blink of an eye? And so in our working with educators and with schools and districts, basically the first thing that started happening is that obviously using technologies like Zooms and, and Google Meet and uh, Microsoft Teams is, was the first vehicle. They needed a way to maintain a connection with their students. And no matter where they were, no matter where their students were, that was the first step. And then also integrating what used to be live content from a classroom into a digital setting to do that. Now, we were in a very unique position because typically the majority of classrooms and schools already use document cameras. They use them in the classroom to show their physical objects and uh, physical material. But all of a sudden, they started being used as high-definition webcams. They can even be taken home. And so teachers can use them as a webcam, as a document camera, both at the same time, in order to maintain that not just 
that visual connection with their students, but also the physical content that they were displaying with them as well. Mm. So that's where we sort of started um, as a company is now all of a sudden the demand for Docams has incre greatly increased um, and teachers have then found all these new ways to be using them and very creative ways to where they're not only making videos, they're not only using them as webcams, but they're, they're recording all of their lesson content then they're able to upload it to whatever cloud provider that they have. So even students that couldn't be on a live lesson could then follow up later. And now all of a sudden, this new wave of distance learning, which realistically has been around for a long time. I mean, obviously, higher ed's been using distance learning for a long time, but never at this level, at, at a K-12 level. So all of a sudden, all these things started falling into place. And for a company like Aver, we were really right there in the beginning. And so we worked very closely with our education partners. We also have basically a, uh, an auto tracking line and it was originally pushed out by a separate division, which also focused on higher ed uh, for those purposes and distance learning. But now it started to tr tr trickle down into the K-12 level. And then what we found out is that as teachers started coming back into the school, even though there weren't students there, now they have a need to still obviously utilize their classroom for their remote students, but needing a better camera system that was much more powerful than just a standard webcam. And so that's where these auto tracking cameras started coming into play as well, is they can literally be placed in the back of the classroom. They automatically track the teacher, so they're not, the, the teacher is not worried about being in the camera shot or not in the camera shot, it's always going to be following them no matter where they go and what they're doing. So then these auto tracking cameras started coming in on top of the document cameras. And eventually they started being used together. Docams are now docams again. Auto tracking camera takes care of all the content. And then we've gone from there. That's amazing. But um, one big difference, uh, well, I'm going to ask you this. Uh, BP before the pandemic, as I understand it, that there were sometimes hesitations depending on, on who the teacher is, maybe the age of the teacher, their comfort in the use of cameras or being recorded. And then here we are in uh, during the pandemic where everyone's being recorded all the time and no one seems to necessarily have as much resistance as, as before. Have you noticed that uh, amongst districts and schools? Absolutely. And, and realistically, and, and uh, BP, as you, as you put it, um, there's always going to be the level of comfort between educators, whether, you know, whether they're not comfortable with technology in general, or yeah, a lot of people don't like being on camera. And so, so that that's one of those things that when this hit, all of a sudden we're looking at these same educators that now they don't have a choice. So, and it, it was amazing to see the transition of saying, okay, you know what, this is the way I have to do this now. And I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to take it and, and do the best that I can with it. And it's really been surprising for a lot of people. And, you know, my, my kids were also in school and they were sent home. And all of a sudden, as learners themselves looking at the same thing and being able to still connect with their teachers. And I think the teachers, regardless of their comfort level previously, really appreciated the ability to maintain that connection with their students. Yeah, I, uh, another kind of trend that I picked up during all of this is the uh, the strange 
there's a strange intimacy in using Zoom and specifically for for one to one interactions when it comes to an education space, right? Um, I've spoken more with my kids teachers over the past 12 months than I had in 12 years. And it was all via Zoom because of its ease. And also there's, I think you kind of lose a little bit of a power dynamic when you're speaking this way. So I mean, I know that back when I was being sent to the principal's office in person, <laughs> <laughs> it was never a pleasant experience. Now, you know, over Zoom talking with the principal or talking with guidance counselors, especially when you look at uh, the number of uh, mental health, telehealth uh, apps that have come up, there's kind of a leveling. Um, is that something that, that uh, Avers picked up on as well? And do you see this as some of a tool and a technique that might stick around even after all the madness is over with? Absolutely. And, and I, that's another good point that you make. And I think that because you're you're no longer sitting in, and you brought the example of being in the principal's office, the principal sitting in the big chair behind the big scary desk, you know, and you're sitting in a little chair in front of his desk. So there is that sort of different level of, of power and authority that, that you see. Now, in this case, here you and I are, you know, our little boxes are equally the same size, you know, we're, we're in a similar room, background, whatever you want to call it. So it does level the playing field and it does make things a little bit more comfortable. And even going on things like telemed and, um, you know, say telepsychology and things like that, to where now I think that it does actually help to a certain extent to sort of have that balance of authority between the, the two people. And I think that one of the things that in speaking with a lot of our education partners is moving forward, regardless of kids coming back into the classroom, teachers back in the classroom, which the majority will, and they already started to have, have started doing that um, in a lot of areas. What we're hearing is that there's actually always going to be a need now moving forward, just because they now have this ability to, to do this. And whether it's for kids that are maybe, you know, maybe they have high risk parents or live with grandparents and they really can't risk exposure uh, going into school, they may always have to be at home. So there's also gonna be that element of, okay, we now have these pieces in place and we've learned this over the past year on how to really fully utilize it. So we're gonna be taking care of the kids in the classroom and at the same time, to be able to equally accommodate the ones that are still going to need to be at home. So there's always going to be that level from what we're hearing is that schools and districts will be maintaining that level of distance learning capabilities moving forward. Do you see any um, acceleration in camera technology that will be in the, these physical classrooms taking shape? There's been a lot of acceleration on the software side where, you know, uh, while Zoom is great, Teams is great, uh, Google Hangout is great, there are certain things that, as I understand it from conversations with educators, that to have a dynamic, a classroom dynamic, that there need to be new sort of ways in which you, you cross over. For instance, um, I seem like a lot of teachers realize that if students are in the classroom, they need to see the kids who are remote as well. So they need to have some sort of display if there's gonna be a true group discussion. Now, I mean, that's that's something that I, I don't think was even considered before any of this stuff started. Um, talk a little bit about that where you see the acceleration of um, 
you know, AV technology in the physical classroom in order to enable these truly hybrid setups? And that's a really good question. And I think that when, when this pandemic first began, um, a lot of schools and districts were basically looking for some kind of a Band-Aid, something temporary. So they were like grabbing things off the shelves to see what was gonna work, whether it was a webcam or a video conferencing camera or something like that to try to throw it in there in order to maintain that connection with their students. What we've seen and what we've found is that there are a lot of those types of technologies out there, right? You know, you can get a webcam, a pretty decent webcam for about $100. Problem is, is that that webcam is static. It only, it sits in one spot and it doesn't move. So then that limits the teacher from being able to move around as well. Then you have your standard video conferencing cameras that were really designed for say a corporate uh, business, you know, a boardroom or a conference room where you really either have to, you know, you only have a static camera or you have like some kind of a manual tracking or some sort of tracking that maybe follows somebody's voice um, instead of their movements because typically people in a conference room aren't running around and moving. So as educators and administrators are trying to figure out what the best type of technology is, they're putting these pieces together but they're not necessarily finding the ones that were specifically designed for a K-12 classroom, which is very unique as opposed to say a conference room. And so where companies like Aver come in is that we actually do focus on distance learning cameras that were designed for classrooms. And so the type of technology that we're looking at and that we're using is basically, um, it's it's a artificial intelligence technology that does full and half body tracking as opposed to voice tracking or facial recognition tracking. So some of the downfalls of facial recognition is if you're wearing a PPE mask, mm. then it can skew the tracking capabilities of the camera. Voice tracking is great for a conference room, but when you're looking at a classroom full of 20, 30 kids, Johnny in the back you know, yells something out and all of a sudden the camera's going to him yeah Instead oh man and once, they and once they figure that out the game over right oh yeah you know <laughs> then the camera's just constantly spinning yeah. <clears throat> so that type of technology is really what we've seen has come out is that something that was really designed for to accommodate the k-12 classroom to where a teacher can literally just teach his or her lesson and not worry about the camera at all and it's always going to be tracking where they are and so now your students at home they're able to watch the teacher, the camera obviously can go to other students as they're participating, so they can then have that connection with their in-class students. And then your students that are in the classroom will obviously be watching those home students on their projector or their monitor or their IFP. So they're going to have still that physical connection, that visual connection between both the, the teacher and their classmates. Got it. Got it. So from the from the sounds of it, um, you feel confident that this new um, these new applications are going to be sticking around even when we go back to whatever normal is. Absolutely. And and in working with a lot of the districts, we, we have a lot of partner districts that that are basically out there. Um, they're testing our products. They're they're pilot schools for us. So we take a lot of our newest technologies and test it there. 
And so obviously a lot of these new auto tracking cameras are currently being tested. And all, I mean, they're obviously being purchased as well, but we're working with these districts to make sure that they continuously improve and adjust into this K-12 environment, which is very unique from, from any other business oriented need for a, a tracking camera out there. And so what they're telling us is the same thing is that even though they will be say 70, 80, 90% back in class, they're always gonna have that need and capability to have that method of distance learning ability for those students that, you know, even if somebody's out sick for two weeks with the regular flu, yeah, then they don't have to miss class or they can still view these recorded lessons at their leisure. And so they're still not missing out even though they're still homesick. So finding these capabilities and being able to maximize these capabilities in the future, even though the pandemic hopefully and most certainly will to some extent die down, um, having that available to maintain that equality, no matter what the, no matter where the student is going to be learning from, is going to be essential moving forward. Yeah, uh, one of the other hesitations uh, with recording in in classrooms BP before the pandemic was uh, the idea of uh, data uh, privacy, privacy of the students, privacy of the teachers. I know there there used to be a number of professional development applications that were encouraging the recording of uh, the, the classroom experience to help the teachers and the teachers were like, yeah, thank you, no thanks. <laughs> right. Uh, is, is that another kind of behavior? Do you think that it's changed that people will be more relaxed about that? And even from a district level, when you, when you think about policy, what happened to those policies? I mean, were they just kind of tossed out the window along with the restrictions on YouTube last April? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. You know, realistically, again, you know, things have to be adjusted to accommodate the needs at the time. And but I think that what we found, and this is even, you know, before the pandemic as well, you know, yeah, of course, the, the privacy issues of recording, especially minor children, um, and then depending on where it's going to be posted, where it's going to be doing this has been difficult. And most schools and districts that we know, um, they have their own uh, media policies in place that do allow for kids that to be recorded. Um, there are always going to be some that do not want to be for whatever reasons that they have. So then there's the consideration of recording these lessons and number one, for those kids who really cannot be recorded to find ways to blur them out, to have them out of camera range so they're not picked uh -huh. up. So there are still those privacy concerns even with this. So that's basically now being handled on a case-by-case -case basis for each classroom. But there are, the technology is available to be able to do that, to be able to continue to maintain the privacy of those students that need it. Um, what about purchasing uh, strategies, uh, for the differences between, I mean, you were always kind of a, a district sell uh, in the past, if I, I'll make that assumption in, in our previous conversations. There seems, again, during this, um, current crisis that there's a lot of more kind of bottoms up sort of technology purchases when it came to technology, a lot more student agency, a lot more teacher agencies, so, you know, going out to Best Buy and getting themselves yeah. a, a webcam to set up. Talk a little bit about that. Is that something that's permanently changed or are we going to go back to uh, districts um, maybe just handing out the, the webcams like chiclets? 
<laughs> I think it's going to go both ways, to be honest with you. And one thing that we found um, as, as a document camera manufacturer is that we have also seen an increase um, in sales through Amazon. Oh. You know, so, some of the less expensive uh, type of products out there, some of the less expensive ones that are very easy just to pluck off, you know, two, three, four here and there from Amazon rather than having to go through a bid process. Yeah. Um, so that's very true. And, and I think that a lot of those restrictions have been lifted too. But again, you look at uh, various price levels of different products. And then once you start getting up for other um, uh, more professional type uh, solutions, then you're still going to have to go through, you know, district bid processes and testing and, and the usual stuff. But for some of the easier products like a webcam or like a doc, like a document camera, those are being picked off quite a bit more as onesies, twosies now, um, instead of having to go through that long process. Yeah. So we're, we're going to see that back. that's going to probably continue um, over time. And of course, with all the new funding out there, we've got the second round of, of funding coming through for schools to continuously build up this infrastructure for the long term. And you're going to see both of those. We still see a lot of districts for, you know, now they're going through the, the, the bid processes for thousands of cameras in order to really beef up every classroom. And you still have some that are saying, okay, I only need a few here and a few there. So they're going to be going outside of that buying process. Well, uh, I knew the toughest part of this conversation would be to end it. We could go on, we could go on for a while, uh, but uh, a lot of great insights out of this grant. I, I appreciate your time. And actually you've given me a lot of clarity um, that I think we all should be just continue to be ready to, uh, to smile for the camera, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's interesting because I, I've actually been personally working remotely for probably 15 years. So this for me is very natural. This is, I've been doing this for, for a very long time, Yeah. but it is a little bit of a shock that, you know, most people, they don't understand how to communicate like this, but we've seen so often about educators and they're so passionate that they just all automatically now just embrace it. Yeah. And it's like, this is what I have to do. So I'm going to take advantage of it. And it's been extremely impressive. Well, and, and it's, and it's been proven to be a benefit, right? I mean, that was always the argument. You would have to make the argument. Now there is there is no argument because uh, it, it's it's been made clear through this the greatest beta test in tech history <laughs> that uh, it does work and it adds efficiency and it adds an emotional intimacy um, to teaching and learning. That's right, exactly. Yeah. There's the one thing about about education and, and what we all know is that there has to be some kind of a visual connection. There just has to be. And so this technology has easily enabled educators to continue that visual connection so they don't lose their students. And it's been amazing. Yeah. Well, Grant, thanks again for your time and your insights. I really appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you in person at one of those shows uh, again uh, very soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Kevin. And thanks everybody for watching.